are 25% through the NBA restart. This is Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga. Like, subscribe, give us five-star reviews. That's all I ask of you. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. We're talking to Aaron Falk of UtahJazz.com on today's episode as he gives us a download on NBA Bubble Life, what he's doing. He's doing it all. The man has become Carl Malone down in Orlando. You'll hear what I mean when I say that. But the games, two for you. This time next week, we're virtually done because it'll be another day game by the time that the podcast comes out and you listen to it. Maybe we've got one game left next week. Here, over the next stretch, you've got a back-to-back Friday-Saturday. Games Monday and Wednesday, they're packing up. And you'll start to see a little fatigue when it comes to these players So for this, we'll get into the first two. Friday, I want to look more nationally. Western Conference, how's it going to stack up when it comes to the seeding of everything? We'll see as we talk to ESPN's George Sedano. I like George because he doesn't fly off the handle. He's realistic. He's in L.A., so he's watching the big teams, Clippers, Lakers, and how they're going to impact the top of the conference. Jazz will be in one of those sides of the bracket, so you have to know what's going down in Hollywood. As of 8 a.m. Mountain Time on Monday, Utah's in fifth, one full game back of the Nuggets and behind the Rockets, who are in fourth. It doesn't matter the seeding, it does matter the matchup. No home court advantage, everybody's playing at the same disadvantage, neutral court, we'll see how that shakes out in what to go. The takeaway from the first game, Against New Orleans, a narrow two-point victory. It's got to be how Utah plays clutch time. On one end of the floor, you have Donovan Mitchell. He's a creator. He can get to the hoop. He opens up those driving lanes. Late-game performance, tremendous. Didn't take all the shots in the world, but he went to the line. Five free throws. Made tough buckets from the mid-range. And then he dished off to Rudy for that final bucket. That's why they're so effective in clutch time. 703 win percentage. Fifth best net rating in clutch time. You can find these stats on NBA.com. And it's because of Donovan offensively. And defensively, Rudy shutting things down at the rim. If late game offense devolves into iso ball trying to get easy shots, well, you're not going to get those easy shots against the Jazz with Rudy underneath the basket. He's going to deter you from going and attacking. And so from there, you see the Jazz have success. Just look at his on-off numbers. 11.1 on-off, according to cleaning the glass. MVP, Depoy of this team, it comes down to stealing minutes when he's not on the floor. And this is what happened against OKC. Those Tony Bradley minutes need to be treading water or maintaining. Reminds me of early in the season when we looked at how Utah fared against Milwaukee back when road trips were a thing. They were in Wisconsin, and the difference between Rudy guarding Giannis and Tony guarding Giannis, you could see it. 
it's unfair to have those same expectations for Tony Bradley. But he's shown through this year points of being very serviceable. And if he is that, then things get a whole lot easier. Take off that OKC game. 8-31 from three isn't going to cut it. George hasn't shot great from distance in the first two. One of ten. JC, Jordan Clarkson, three of 13. If they revert to their averages, games will look a lot better. George shooting 40% over the larger sample size. JC, 35%. These paltry numbers won't sustain throughout the entirety. If you saw any of the games over the weekend, you got to shoot threes. Clippers set a franchise record, 25. Paul George hit eight. Kyle Lowry was hitting huge threes against the Lakers. Houston bombing 63s. Three balls huge in this day and age. The passes in that OKC game, it wasn't the same jazz basketball freedom of movement, having a very European influence on it that we're used to seeing. They were down to 273 passes. That's bottom five in the NBA. We talked about this earlier this year. Locke had the stat on Saturday, how OKC makes you dribble the air out of the ball. Their physical defense makes you do that. And as you get out of your game, the offense doesn't look as good. And for Utah to have 273 passes, and I didn't think they passed the ball as well against New Orleans either. It was around 280. The offense is humming when it's making those passes. They averaged 292 during the regular season, about 12th in the league. It needs that for the, the Queen Snyder connectivity. The reason why, when you hear sideline hits about this team, everybody uses that word. They need that connectivity. They get shots. New Orleans, they eked away with it because of that late-game offense from Donovan. OKC, they didn't have the luxury of it being a close game. Didn't lead at any point. Against the Lakers and Memphis is where you want to see this ball rotating through everybody. Everybody gets a touch of the ball. Things can go well for this Jazz offense. And then it comes down to how how high Rudy can lift the defensive efforts. We'll see. So what's the schedule look like this week? Lakers tonight, you can catch the game on ESPN at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, also on AT&T Sportsnet. Then Memphis on Wednesday, day basketball, noon 30. And then Friday, more day basketball. This is a little earlier, 11 a.m. Mountain Time on Friday for the Spurs. Front end of a back-to-back. For all the coverage, make sure to check out utahjazz.com. Aaron Falk does a great job encapsulating what happened during the game, and you'll be able to hear from him in just a moment as we catch up over Zoom. Once again, do help others find the show. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, five-star reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let's hear from Aaron. He's doing it all in Disney. But most importantly, we discuss the return of Ingalls Insight. Yes, Joe's foray into the podcast world, alongside his wife, Renee. Aaron's going to be on for season two. They kept him. So what to expect from Joe, Renee, and Aaron when it comes to Ingalls Insight season two and all about life in the bubble? Aaron Falk of utahjazz.com. I have not made a jump shot, I'll tell you that much. Um, beyond that, you know, it's... it's uh, such a smaller travel party it's you, you travel maybe 60 people during the regular season or 35 right now so it's kind of all hands on deck um everybody's wearing multiple hats and uh you know 
trying to do whatever we can to just just make this as smooth as it can possibly be. We're here for two months longer, who knows? Um, and you know that means taking photographs, writing, picking up mail, rebounding, doing whatever you can here and there just to sort of you know fill in and, and make yourself useful. What's the mail procedure? When you turn into the mailman, what do you do? Mailman Aaron, um, there are, there's a group of us. Um, we go down to, there's a warehouse, or it's part of the, the convention center at this hotel. Get in the golf cart, drive the half mile there, load it up, come back up, We're writing room numbers on, on all the packages, and then, you know, you're delivering all, all the goods to the entire team. And um, I can tell you, everybody is shopping. Everybody's uh, finding, you know, killing some time on, on Amazon. How much mail is being processed through you and the entire party? Um, so we're told there's about like a thousand packages a day for, for the campus coming in. Um, sometimes it feels like that's just how many we're getting, but it's uh i was told we're also we're we're in the middle raptors lakers clippers are getting substantially more mail than than we are in terms of just items being shipped in this is you know merchandise all of these guys have whether it's nike adidas um you know their their agents are, are sending them things um i don't know one day like the entire team got spike ball and like individual spike ball packages and i i can assure you like I mean, that, that seems nice, but, you know, you don't need 35 spike balls. It's just not going to happen. Uh, is that the most abnormal part of this entire trip for you? Having to do, do so much mailman errand, all those things? I mean, it, it's certainly um, different than what, what a normal road trip would be. I, think, I don't think it's the most abnormal part by a, by a long shot, I think. The, the experience is the abnormal part, just being here, trying, everybody trying to just sort of um, wrap their heads around this experiment and, and how long you're going to be here and, you know, all the things you, you can't do um, over the next couple of months and uh, just sort of just trying to stay, up, stay afloat mentally. Um, that's the most abnormal part. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a normal road trip. Everybody has like a really defined role of, of what they're doing. And this is, Certainly, you know, we're, everybody's trying to fill in. Well, then what about on the other end? What is the most normal part of this? The most normal, I, I think we are in it now um, with this, this sort of every other day routine. And, you know, minus the getting on an airplane after, after a game and going to the next city, there is routine to, to a, an NBA game day for a player, especially um, where it's, you know, wake up, breakfast, get your treatments, film, shoot around, lunch, nap, um, get back, and then, you know, you have maybe an hour, a couple hours to yourself, whatever, then we're back to the arena, I mean, and, and getting ready for the game, you know, you have the arena a couple hours early, post-game, boom, like, breakdown, go. Like, that's a normal game day, and so I, I think now that we're here and we are playing meaningful games every other day, that becomes um, familiar. That routine is familiar. And I think that will help a lot with sort of just like I'm saying, the mental aspect of, of you know, being here. Like this, this starts to feel 
normal again, minus the getting on an airplane and, and going somewhere else afterwards. We saw on the social channels, the ping pong tournament that they've got going. What are those things that guys are being provided so that it doesn't become that big of a slog? Yeah. I mean, there, there are um, entertainment options and, you know, Quinn Snyder's been good about, you know, taking that team room and, and instead of making this just a place to eat and watch film, it's a place for guys to hang out and, and have fun. There's, you know, ping, like I said, ping pong table in there. NBA Jam Arcade got Space Invaders in there now apparently, um, mm. and but beyond that, like there there are a couple of restaurants. Um, there are opportunities to golf. There are opportunities to go bowling. There is a players only lounge um, in the hotel with with video games and, and other things like that. So um, there there are entertainment options, but you know it's it's still a very different experience than than we're all used to. Are guys just walking around like in those sports center commercials where you see the mascots just amongst uh, the SC anchors? Is that the feel on campus where you just see, oh, there's LeBron over there. There's Jordan Clarkson on the other end. Are they all intermingling during this time? Yeah, um, ab- absolutely. You know, so you see some people more than others. I think some, some guys, whether it's just, I don't know, schedule or, or they prefer to be a, hang out in their rooms more, but, um, I, you see, I've, you know, Giannis, LeBron, AD, I've seen Bull Bull everywhere. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it just, it's impossible to miss someone that tall, but like he, he's, he is, uh, we kind of, I keep track of like the people I see around the most and like Dwight Howard and Bull Bull are, are like the two guys outside of the jazz, just random players that like I pass in the hallway five times a day. Well, they probably recognize your face as uh, one of the I, random people that they see. Of, of, of course. And they're like, you know, who is this idiot? Why is he here? Get this guy out of my way. <laughs> he definitely doesn't look like an NBA player. You've covered an Olympics. Is this the closer to Olympic Village than an AU tournament or summer league? Or, or is it something in between? Um, yeah, I, I think there is some of that where, you know, it's, it's, I, that AAU tournament feel, okay, I, I get that analogy and, but like, no one leaves here, you know, AAU, everybody can go to, to the Cheesecake Factory after, or go, <laughs> there, there are ways that there things are breaking up, like, very big Olympic Village vibe here, because, Everybody is stuck. Now they've opened it up recently where you can go to the other hotels that now that you can go between the three hotels that the NBA is using. Um, But, you know, by and large, like you are on this property and that feels very Olympics to me. George Yang told ESPN during quarantine that everybody at the end of this is going to have a podcast or, (laughs) or something like that. What has been the content that you've seen from the guys on campus creating themselves, like Jordan Clarkson in the shotgunning challenge with Myers Leonard? What is the content that's being created just player-wise during your time? I think, yeah, you know, especially early on, the guy here on July 7th, and there are three weeks before even scrimmages started. So guys were definitely taking advantage of, you know, go and check out a, a fishing pole and go to the lake and catch 
some fish uh, or ride bikes around or yeah, shotgunning some beers, baby beers or otherwise, um, you know, different things like that. But right now everyone's going to have a podcast and everyone on this team is going to be uh, like two points removed from Ninja and have their own streaming sponsorship, at, you know, Call of Duty. So that's, that's the other thing that's happening more than anything else. I was going to say there's been a clear uptick in Twitch streams coming out of Disney with uh, what everybody's doing. Is the Wi-Fi really able to handle all this gaming that everybody's doing? They, they said they tripled the Wi-Fi. I don't, I, I, didn't, I don't know what that means. Like, it just, if you could triple this, why wasn't it tripled? That seems rude that it was, that it was a third of this at any other point. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, we have the power to just, we're going up, we're going up three times. So um, the Wi-Fi has been great for me so far. Thankfully, the Wi-Fi will be working for Ingalls Insight, which we have both worked on during the summer and season one of Ingalls Insight. You can listen to wherever you get podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. What did you learn in the making of that season one? Because just from my point of view, not only did I learn about the type of guy Joe is off the court, in the making of it, but just the relationship between him and Renee uh, and how it really is pretty good fodder for a podcast. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, the, the things that I learned one, just how um, inviting they were to, to have us in their home and, and um, just sort of normal. It, it felt, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, Joe, you know Renee a little bit, um, but it's not like we were, you know, doing these things before. And and just them to open their doors and um, just how kind of cool and casual that that all evolved. That felt very normal. And then the other thing I learned is like Renee's a rock star. Like Renee took care of so much of the the show planning and um, setting those agendas. Like you know, make the joke all the time. Like this is Renee's podcast. And like she's right. Like Renee is so good at um, organizing those things and, and care so much. And like just that, that care factor, like makes it, makes you want to do a good job because if someone else cares that much, like you should try to care. She always came in super prepared for each episode and, and the willingness I think for her to collaborate on who should we get for a next guest? We should be thinking about the next guest. Who do you think we should get? Her willingness to continue to try and think of not only the show that she was in, but also long-term planning was also a huge asset in terms of being able to build that out. In absolute respect, um, I, you know, it didn't work out or I, I can't remember the exact details, but she tried to get Post Malone on and she emailed Post Malone's um, reps and called him Austin, which is a power move. Like I, I love that absolutely so, so much. That's how you have to get guests. You have to make them feel a little bit as if it's an equal transaction here, yeah. Austin. You, you can be posted to your friends, but to your mother and I, you are Austin. You, you remember that. You're Austin and you're coming on the Ingles Insight. <laughs> this isn't uh, Post Malone joining the Utah Jazz. No, this is the Utah Jazz joining the Post Malone brand. Let's look at the games. Uh, I just want to get into the atmosphere of them because 
from watching on TV, we don't really get inside the arena as much because the broadcasters are so far away. What is the atmosphere during these games? It's interesting. I mean, it, and it's, it's evolved. Those first scrimmage games were, um, I mean, there, it was, there was silence for the first scrimmage game, you know, playing some music. Uh, someone was playing some 41 in there. The faster we're falling, we're stopping and stalling, we're running in circles again. It did not make a lot of sense to me, but um, it's, it was, it was weird. I mean, it, it felt weird, but it, it felt like a practice. And um, as we've gone on, they've mixed in this crowd noise. Uh, a lot of players have not liked the crowd noise. It's, it still feels, um, I mean, it, it is artificial, and, and it, but it feels especially artificial. Um, I don't, I've watched a couple of the games, other games. Um, I think there's, there's still some work to be done there. If you listen to the way that the crowd noise is, is um, just from a viewer experience, you know, mixed with like a um, an English Premier League game versus this, there there are some differences. It doesn't feel quite quite the same right now. Um, in the arena, you know, Donovan Mitchell said it felt like he, he was it felt like the audio for a, for a bad video game, um, and it's certainly interesting. Like when Rudy Gobert is taking the game winning free throws, and it's just very like low level, like. That feeling, I mean, he must have been so much more at ease than, than in a normal situ- arena situation where you're feeling that, like, those are strange moments. That being said, like, everybody's trying to do, like, what they can do to, to make this work. Like, this is a bizarre and, and unprecedented thing. And, you know, so there, there are going to be ups and downs, but um, it's, it is strange. Like, I, when I do a radio hit during the game, I have to go back away from the floor because like people will hear you you can hear the, the referees you can hear everything like even with that sound like it is it is a very strange experience is there an alarming level of trash talk that you're hearing on the floor not not as much as i i maybe would have thought i, I think that but that's the other thing is like you know guys probably could have talked more trash in a place with nineteen thousand people yelling and and say something, you know, get right up in somebody's ear and say something, whatever. Um, now there's no cover. I mean, everybody can hear you, you know, whatever you have to say about the officials, they can hear you. Um, it's you, you, you know, we're, we're probably living in a more polite society of, of basketball because of that. That's not a bad thing when you not, think about it. Maybe uh, not. What was the reaction to Saturday's result? One that didn't go the Jazz's way. Um, you know, some, uh, obviously, disappointment and frustration. They, they got out there and OKC sort of bullied. Uh, they were disappointed with, with their ball movement and, and the way they responded to that aggression. Uh, Chris Paul was terrific. Steven Adams was, was aggressive. Um, you know, but still no overreaction. This is a team that's now won 42 games. Um, the team is still figuring things out as, as we get back into, into the swing of things here. Um, bad, you know, a lopsided loss and, and certainly not the performance they wanted, but um, to, you, you can't panic. This is, everybody is learning right now that 
that this is what you have, this is the situation you have, and, and you just have to respond. I mean, it's not it's not going to, to change anything in terms of of what you're doing. You just have to, to do it better and, and execute better. And if there's any solace in, in the result, the Jazz do have an X next to their name, so they will definitely be in the postseason. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're here for, uh, for a while, and, and you know, I've heard multiple players say, hey, we're going to be here, like, Let's make some noise. Let's, let's try to be here as long as possible. Well, you'll be along for the entire ride. He is a utahjazz.com reporter. You will see him on the pregame sometimes, I'm sure. He has his own stinger. Oh, my goodness. What was your reaction when you saw your little stinger, Aaron? I, I you know, so humbled, so honored to see that goofy cartoon blinking back at me. Uh, I, w- I was, I was uh, just hoping. Hope the ratings didn't take during during the segment. He's a co-host of the Ingles Insight, but it's really Renee's show. Utah Jazz reporter Aaron Falk. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll catch up later. Thanks, John Ball. Right.